Welcome. This is Anastasia Agab, your podcast host on Esoteric Arrows. I am absolutely honored to have you listening in today. This first episode will just sort of be like a brief introduction of what sort of topics that we're going to be exploring and expanding on in this podcast. And you will notice a really big theme on female spirituality. But this, of course, will not be the only topic that we will be focused on, as I will be slowly putting all the pieces together and tying this all in because it is sort of a complex theology. I'll begin by giving you guys um, a brief backstory of myself, which is not something I'll do often here, but I think it will shed some light onto why I have so much passion for this subject. As I was a little girl, I would say, not knowing then, that I was very in tune with my libido. I really didn't care about other people's opinions or what people thought about me and I would just dress in a way that made me feel beautiful, that made me feel good. Now, I would say that I dressed a little bit, you know, sexy. Uh, That's how I guess I would define it. Um, And this was about like high school days. Um, I didn't care about people judging me. I didn't care about the judgments from men or women. I was just fearlessly me. And I was pretty much born into spirituality. As far as I can remember, I had interests in spiritual topics um, that I didn't get from my parents because they're really nothing like me in that sense. I was born into a Catholic family, um, not so much a spiritual family. Along my journey, I had gone through many different experiences and learned so much and I'm a very open-minded person I would say you know I believe I know nothing before I know everything and I'm constantly on this journey of knowledge and evolving my soul um, you know the more I learn the more I evolve the more I transmute So along the way, um, as I continued to study different doctrines and study many different sort of um, religions and beliefs around the world, searching for the universal truth within them all, I had at one point believed that maybe in order to gain respect from the men and women around me that I needed to cover up myself because a lot of the doctrine that is written by men, for men, and suited for a man's autonomy um, and spiritual journey, would leave a woman in a pile of confusion. Having her kind of mimic a man in order to be equal to him. This might had convinced many women as it convinced myself to think that I needed to dress modest in order to gain that respect from people and to have respect for myself. Even though I dress sexy, I was not a promiscuous woman. I was very, I guess we could say, prude for a poor poor choice of words. Um, And 
I always believed from a very young age that sex was sacred. But one thing I had really noticed and that had sparked this journey for me in a sense throughout all this research and experience was why was it especially in the old ways of thinking that a woman had to cover up her body for the lack of sexual control on a man's part. So, because a man lacked sexual control over himself, I was to hide myself? This for some reason really just didn't make sense to me. I felt like, no, this, this makes no sense. And it, and it led me into the spiral of research throughout the years. The suppression of a sexual woman, the suppression of any woman, had been a problem since the beginning of time and even until this day. Many of us women and men don't realize that we're punishing femininity and we're suppressing it and it's really due to society and society's standards and grips that they have placed upon it because it has basically been demonized. So us as women subconsciously have fear of our own innate femininity. We fear it, we're almost disgusted by it and shamed by it. And it's not really our fault because a lot of us don't even realize that it's happening. But this suppression of women is causing so much turbulence within society and our day-to-day relationships and our romantic relationships. You know, have you ever noticed when a beautiful woman walks by or comes into a room that she undeniably draws some sort of emotional reaction out of people, perhaps yourself. You know, a lot of us have to be consciously aware to be able to to admit this, but you know, a, um, a beautiful woman can cause certain emotional reactions such as jealousy, anger, admiration, it causes good reaction and it causes a lot of what we would say negative reaction to be pulled from within us. Analyzing this, we can see that beauty in itself, beautiful woman and woman themselves cause some sort of energetic pull on men from their sexual centers. And not only men, women as well. This arguably can be rather threatening to, per se. As to why I theorize that this is why femininity and woman had been suppressed in the first place. You know, so much of religious doctrine and scripture had been rewritten and remixed multiple times. You know, why do you think that is? There could be so many different reasons. 
perhaps this is one of them. Think about women like Helen of Troy causing war. Women like Cleopatra, the natural power of seduction. Throughout many ancient cultures, history, and scriptures, you will oftentimes come across a constant theme of woman being represented as nature, Mother Earth herself. Mother Earth herself has been symbolically represented as the material world, as we call Maya, illusion, the ego. Symbolically correlating women and nature together, also known as parikti, we theorize that nature works through her. Just as nature is fertile, has a cycle and reproduces, she is responsible for the continuation of life cycles associated with the seasons and the rebirth of land. Innately, many women exude similar qualities as Mother Earth. But as all things on, in this world are dualistic, not only does she have what we refer to as good or bad qualities because we always see things separately, she is graceful, beautiful, magnetic, but also chaotic and destructive. In the esoteric occult world, we understand that both negative and good qualities are completely necessarily necessary by default really making them both good qualities this is where it gets a little bit paradoxical and complex so please bear with me here as i try my best to explain this in a shorter segment most likely we'll make a future episode going further into this concept. Now, something you may have noticed through many religious scriptures and mythologies is that the woman aspect in spirituality some of the times have been represented in like a negative light, a negative aspect, sometimes as like a snake coming to test you, um, also as a goat, um, even some would say as Satan herself. And there is like a symbolical reason for this because women are represented by number two. This is because there are two separate paths a woman plays naturally here on earth. It's the goddess comes through every woman without any training whatsoever. But there's two aspects to the spiritual path of a woman. Now we represent this often as the full and crescent moon. A woman comes to test the ego, comes to test the man. If there was no temptation for a man, 
How could he overcome? How could he ever learn to control himself if there was nothing there to test him? For a man on the spiritual path and in many of religious doctrines, it's very heavily focused on restriction and control. Now he must be able to direct his sexual energy only by his will and project it into matter. Because the path of the sun, the path, the male path, leading a man into liberation, guiding him to liberation, he must become an individual. And the only way to do that is to not have any external forces have any sort of control over him. Now, if a beautiful woman comes into the room and she pulls on his sexual centers. This is a mark of failure for the male adept as he doesn't possess the control over himself. And something external, like an external force, is able to bring this out of him. Isn't it quite ironic that us uh, men and women, you know, were born from the womb of our mother? especially for men, they kind of spend their whole life chasing after women um, in hopes to return to the womb again. Dualistically, if the path for a male adept is to learn and practice discipline, self-control, restriction, that's how he can become a god, then perhaps for a woman it would be invertedly opposite, dualistically opposite. Instead of the woman mimicking the path written out and placed for a man, perhaps instead she is to do the opposite and learn to unrestrict and expand so that she can constantly hold more energy inside of her. Perhaps when a woman learns to dissolve all the fear and shame that she holds inside herself, she can then find God. Maybe she is to not deny practice of beautification. Maybe instead to indulge in it and attempt to enjoy some of the things that were innately known to femininity, such as home life, um, you know, becoming softer. Now, please understand that I would never dream of telling a woman what she should do. That's the total opposite of everything I believe in. But so much of, our, of us have been influenced by society that sometimes we don't even know what's really our own opinion and our own beliefs because so much things could have just kind of been programmed into us, right? So just give this a second thought. When a woman reconnects with her female power, 
when she decides to step back into her femininity. When she no longer allows the outer influence of the world to dictate who she is, this is when she truly embraces herself. As it happened to me, it may happen to you, you may notice that when you do start to do this, that you become excited to be a woman again. You feel so free again. You allow yourself to dress in the way you want, to present yourself the way you want authentically. Backing up a bit beforehand to what I was saying, every woman is naturally a goddess, but many of us are doing things that are hindering the goddess from moving through us and fully embracing her and becoming her. It really begins when you understand your archetypal goddess, because as there are many different type of women out there and many different type of archetypal of people, archetypes of people, there are two paths that a woman plays subconsciously. Now, this can be divided into two symbolical representations, one being the path of Aphrodite and one being the path of Persephone. I definitely encourage you to do your own research on those two archetypal goddesses and see which ones, which one you're naturally drawn and magnet and feeling like a magnetism towards, a connection towards. Now keep in mind that tricky ego of yours will most likely try to identify with the opposite of your natural archetype because the ego is always kind of trying to confuse you. And and us as women, we most often want to be what we are not. We want to embody what we're not. And that is error um, because we are very unique each and every one of us and that uniqueness is really what makes us shine but that's something i'll get into in the future Um, possibly i'll make an episode going much more into depths on these two archetypes now as some women will naturally play the wrathful darker aspect of femininity the temptress the sacred prostitute Other women are naturally playing the lighter aspect, the motherly aspect, the nurturing aspect of femininity. Now, a female adept, if she truly wants to gain any sort of objective achievement upon the spiritual path for a woman, which not every woman will want to do. This will not call to everyone. It will not resonate with anyone. I'm putting this information here for the ones that are searching for it because this might be that missing key that we were missing. Now, this woman needs to understand that her 
biggest task, her largest challenge on this path is the task of discrimination because so many of us spiritual women end up settling for a man that has no interest in spirituality, hardly or whatsoever. Unknowingly, that this can cause total destruction or stop us from our spiritual advancement altogether, especially if the guy, if the significant partner you have at the time is not encouraging you to embrace your own female path. In the occult world, it is known that a woman is the spiritual grade of the man she chooses to sleep with. And so this is why the task of discrimination is so important. For the woman wanting to become the scarlet woman. Now, understand there are different energetic states that a woman can be in, and none of them are wrong. They're all perfectly and equally divine, and they play a divine purpose here on earth. Not every woman will want to become a scarlet woman. Not every woman should be a scarlet woman. But for the one that is seeking to embody that of the scarlet woman, the task of discrimination will be her biggest catalyst. The importance and purpose of the emphasis on the task of discrimination here is because if a spiritual couple wants to perform sexual rites, sex magic and tantra, the sexual energy within this relationship cannot spill outside of the relationship. So the importance of finding a loyal and devoted partner is extremely important or else uh, the couple will not be able to attain what they are attempting to achieve and the kundalini will not be able to rise successfully and the reunion of self as one will fail. So as this is extremely complex to piece together. It's becoming a little bit longer than I expected this episode to be. So I'm going to leave you guys um, with a little something more here before I wrap this up. So if you're a woman looking to further embody the goddess, the first thing you can start doing today is learning to get back in touch with your libido. Due to the fear, shame, and repression of sexuality and femininity, many of us women have been cut off of our libido, um, and it basically removes us from the ability to manifest the goddess on earth. So the first thing you can really look at here is, you know, not trying to become something that you are not, as a lot of us default to doing this by mistake. Instead of embracing our natural tendencies and then letting our libido move through us and then dictate dictate our actions from there. Um, so accessing the power of your libido basically really helps us as women reconnect with ourselves as you know there are many terrible things that come with the repression and neuter of your libido 
as such many diseases, aging, um, imbalances in our temperament and mood swings, etc. A lot of the times, as I mentioned, the libido is suppressed by our mind and emotions. So getting back in touch with it is not as simple as a task as it may seem. So you might have to have patience with yourself and really do some shadow work and dive deep within. You know, like what truly makes you excited? Like, like when you dress up, what excites you? Express yourself in a way that truly excites you and do not fear the judgment of other people around you. In my future episodes, I will be expanding and emphasizing on many of the topics that I have briefly brought up in this introduction episode, such as um, the libido, sex magic, you know, generally expanding on this whole concept in a lot more like smaller detailed pieces so that it can slowly really come together as one big puzzle piece, one big puzzle in the end. Um, This information again is not gonna resonate with anyone. Please know that I'm not here to preach anything and I truly don't care if you believe in any of this or not. I am just here to provide value to the ones that it will be beneficial for and this information is so sacred and powerful that it will have the ability to completely change your life as it did mine. So with that being said, if you'd like to dive a little bit deeper, please go ahead and check out the new article that I have released on my website in relation to this episode and all the other articles I have as well in relation. And I'm wishing you guys a beautiful start to your week. Hope to catch you on the next episode.